My mom just got out of open heart surgery. Just got a text. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Planned. Planned surgery. You knew she was going in. Also, allegedly not open heart. Oh. And not surgery. All right, so it was my already, mom went to the doctor. It's already no, going no, no, down. No, no, no. no. It, was, it, was, it was heart surgery. It was, uh, my mom just had a pacemaker installed, if you can believe it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just found out on Saturday. She called me, and she was like, going to the, going to the doctor on Monday to get a pacemaker installed. Oh, wow. Like, and apparently the way they do it now isn't even, they don't even have to crack open your ribs anymore. They just like cut a little slit in your neck and like slide it on down somehow. In your neck? Uh, yeah, that's like, or in like the top of your rib cage, you know what I mean? Like right. that, like your clavicle area. Um, does she have heart problems? That yeah, you knew apparently, about? um, she's been having arrhythmias, you know, oh, yeah. and then her heart went and stopped for five seconds. That's a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. And so the doctor like had her do an EKG and he was like, honestly, Looks kind of normal, but if your heart stopped once like that and you've been having arrhythmia, like he was like, you don't like. He was like, you don't have like. We're not looking and finding like a collapsed anything or anything like obviously identifiable. But he's like, yeah, but your heart's just like randomly doing weird things rhythmically. So, you know, she's been on blood. <laughs> she's been on blood pressure medication for a while, and then no, uh, no, now, now she's got a pacemaker. Oh boy, happens to all of us. The Reaper comes <laughs> the for all coming. of us. Except for Tom Brady. You see that? <laughs> I watched the Super Bowl, but I didn't yeah. see anything to do with his heart. Did they do like one well, of those? Well, he's just old. X-ray. He's sections? very old. Oh, okay. He's 45 years old. Oh, right. Is he that old? Uh, he might be like 44. He's, he was supposed to play till he was 45, and now he's saying that he might play past 45 even. Yeah. 50 is the new 45. They say that. Yeah. I've been hearing that everywhere I go. Been seeing on billboards. They're like Max, come here. I gotta tell yeah. you something. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, aging, you turned thirty. We know about that, but mm-hmm. we don't know what happened afterwards. So you went to Vegas with your, uh, mm-hmm. your merry band of misfits. Yeah, it was four people <laughs> in total. Only four went in the end. Only four went, which actually worked out perfectly. In yeah, a way. I, I it was all one so. car. You know, everyone fit in one car comfortably. No, no squeezing. You know, two people up front, two people in back. Yeah. Nice time. Uh, so everyone, there was no like wandering off t- separately that much. Or if there was, it wasn't a big deal. It was just everything was chill and relaxed the whole time. Uh, who went, if you don't mind? It was me, Libby, David, and Brandon. Okay, yeah. Well, Brando Sleezoid. That's a good, uh, yeah. it's a that's good, a good crew. mix of people. It's a good yeah. crew. Everyone can entertain themselves like... Like obviously, there's an obvious part there. Like if two, if we're gonna break off into two groups, both of those people are perfectly happy entertaining themselves. It's not like yeah. like one random outlier or anything like that. Everything's in twos. That's nice. I don't know. Easy. It was All easy. Right. It was event free. Did you go to the Adventure Dome? No, I have not made it out to that side of the strip <laughs> in probably since I was. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I did stay at Circus Circus in like late 2019. So, so yeah, two yeah. years ago you were there. <laughs> yeah, no, it would have been 20. I don't know when it was, man. It was it was during the time of this podcast. One of the last times I talked about going to Vegas on this podcast, I stayed at the Circus Circus there. And you went to the Adventure Dome? No, I did not. In fact, wow. I think it was closed or something. 
Are you sure the Adventure Dome even exists anymore? It does, yeah. Oh. It was open during COVID, too. Well, it was closed for Halloween. The Fright Dome is not popping. Although, one of the more recent times I've been to Las Vegas, I did go to a haunt that was on golf carts. <laughs> yeah, it was a party of two. And uh, you you sat on like the back of a golf cart, so you're facing out. And then they drove you at like, you know, two miles an hour or whatever through a honestly good length maze. I'd say it was a 20-minute experience. All right. Yeah, and it was like a good length maze on a golf cart. And people are coming up to you. They're, you know, batting at your toes or whatever. Yeah. While you're on the golf cart, you know, it's a haunt. That's okay. fun. But it was like big budget. Like they had like big animatronics and stuff. And what I found out is apparently it was those re- front. It was a front. Yeah. They were just <laughs> selling drugs. It was the repurposed stuff from the Fright Dome. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Like stuff that they didn't, they couldn't do because they didn't have no Fright Dome to do it. And they just moved it on over. Okay. A lot of teens. It was exactly what you want a haunt to be. It was run by less than interested teens. Yeah, that's you know exactly what, I mean? what you want. That's what they. It's what they should. That's the spirit of haunts. <laughs> All this stuff nowadays, people throwing plastic bags over your head and whatnot. It's, it's a bit tasteless. It's tasteless, yes, but it's also it's just like, what are you doing, man? That's also done by disinterested teens. It's like that. <laughs> that's true. Actually. Just some of them in their thirties and forties now. Yeah, they're <laughs> just they're just older teens. Yeah, teens with, and they're and it's it's frequented by teens with disposable income <laughs> and like you know computer programming and production jobs and shit. They just got a lot of money to throw around. <laughs> All right, so tell me more about uh, this, Vegas Vegas this trip. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. Just like, honestly, um, 30, 30 it was Vegas. Brandon's only second time ever being in Vegas in his life. That can't be true. Yeah. He went just before he went this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it was his second time. That was time. his first time? Uh, you know what? It was his first time that he could remember. Like, it was his first time as an adult. Like, he had been oh, there before, okay. but he was a child. He never made it out the whole time he's lived in I know, in and he lived in Arizona, Arizona too. Right there, California? five-hour drive from Phoenix. Easy. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Okay. And so he, um, I mean, according to him, anyway, maybe I'm misunderstanding or something, but it's what I thought he said. Uh, <laughs> what, he actually, what he actually said was, I'm a Vegas regular, <laughs> and I just heard second time ever in your life. <laughs> Damn, there's a, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it's noisy out here today. <laughs> It's a war zone. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. If you hear oh any odd God, noises, dude. Joe Biden in his helicopter sounds like Bezra. He's got the he's got the headphones on with the little little microphone and everything. <laughs> is, uh, is that a meme or? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just uh, fun it's just to a think funny about image. <laughs> him driving a helicopter. He can't I'm in a chopper. He can't even do a sentence. <laughs> he's going to drive a helicopter. <laughs> All right. So what else from Vegas then? What we just, we just you know, just like got, you know, got intoxicated and rolled around. We sat at a roulette table for a long time. That was some fun. Yeah. You know, though, Brandon is is sometimes Brandon's difficult to go to Vegas with only because he's sometimes. so because he's only been once. Well, no, because <laughs> he's so preternaturally lucky. Oh, like yeah. he'll just like he walked up. At, we were in the Bellagio and he walks past this machine, kind of glances at it. It's an Alice machine. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out, I'm like, oh, look, Alice machine. And he's like, oh, yeah. He walks out. When Matt says he pointed it out, he means he beelined for it, yelling back to everyone else, Alice machine! Yeah, I followed it like the white rabbit. <laughs> uh, and then, like, he's, you know, we're walking through the Bellagio, and of course, you know, even though Brain has never been inside the Bellagio before, I'm like, oh, yeah, they got this glass sculpture on the ceiling. He goes, oh, yeah, I know the guy who did that. What? Like, what? He goes, yeah, he's from Arizona. 
He's, I've talked to him a few times. He he didn't exhibit at the. He didn't like know him, know him, but he was like, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, he's he's a he's a glassblower. He's from Arizona, and uh, he just actually and, it turns out all the uh, set design in Vegas is done by people who frequent Zombie Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. It's like it's typical brand and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He walks up and like. They have these in the casinos now on the strip. I know you haven't been in the casinos on the strip since COVID, right? Um, Did you go inside any casinos? No, we we yeah. went to the ones on Fremont Street during COVID. Mm. Many of the ones in on the strip have these like hand washing and sanitation yeah, stations just yeah. propped up in the middle of the casino floor. And they, they take your temperature when you go into. Yes, yeah. but they have a uh, like they'll just have like on the side of the things they just have like disposable masks. Oh, yes. Okay. So you can just grab one. And uh, Brandon was wearing his cloth mask. He's like, eh, that one seems better. And puts that on. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, this is where. And I, for some reason, was like, nah, that's not going to be better. And then Libby was like, oh, I'll try it too. And she puts it on. She's like, oh, this does feel way better. But I like, I'd already committed to wearing mine. So I was like, well, I, I can't go back now and get a no, no, get no. a paper mask. So you just spent the entire time with your glasses Sweating. steaming up. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then on the way out of the hotel, he like glances a slot machine and he's like, I'm going to put in something on that Alice machine. Jackpot. He puts in like $20, <laughs> rolls once, and like gets like $25 back. Really? And then he just cashes out. <laughs> on yeah. one hand, he doubled his money. <laughs> yeah. No, there are those people. <laughs> just like, this my, is my, fr- my friend Daniel, mm-hmm. same thing. One time we um, we finished drinking in LA and the bar's closer mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. in case you don't know. And we weren't done because we were night owls at that time. Not, neither mm-hmm. of us had jobs and yeah, we were always awake all night anyway, and we decided just okay. Well, you know where the bars are open, mm-hmm. Vegas. <laughs> so four hours. We just to drove Vegas. four hours. About you got there at six in the morning. Yeah, about four a.m. We realized what a bad idea it was. Yeah. but we were already in like <laughs> so stupid. We were already in Basto at that point. I was like, well, look, what do we do? And the next day, what's even worse? The next day, I had to be back in L.A. at uh, by two p.m. I think. I think I had a rehearsal oh my for something. Yeah, so really regretted it, but we got there and, uh, you know, I, I was by that point getting miserable. He was, well, Daniel's never really miserable, but mm. um, yeah, I was like, okay, well, fine, we're here. Didn't even want our beer by that point, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, you're well sober by four hours in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were, I was, I think the problem was we were kind of sober when we left. Right. Like just on the edge of like, you know, two, probably two drinks. You can do there. everything functionally, but you're still having dumb ideas. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, we wanted to keep it going. Yeah. We hadn't reached the yeah. point where it was like fun yet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, by the time we got there, so didn't really want my drink, but I did want to, I was like, all right, let's gamble for a bit. And Daniel doesn't know anything about gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of having to teach him and I was like teaching him my system on roulette or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, losing miserably and then you know he puts he's like I'm, I'm not gonna do your way I'm just gonna put them on numbers oh wow <laughs> and he did he just like put, he, he only went in with like $10 yeah uh, put them on a bunch of numbers got $65 back those dude those number payouts are awesome straight away and then was just like oh I'm not gambling anymore then He's <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've more than quadrupled my that's funny, my input, dude. so I'm not gambling, and that made me even more miserable. And then we had to drive back, and oh yeah, well, horrible. dude, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's classic. Libby's pretty lucky too, because they, I'm, we then go. He's like, when we when we're leaving the Bellagio, he was like, let's go to the Casino Royale, and I'm like, I'd never even heard of this casino before. Casino Royale, yeah, it's on the Strip. It's like right next to Harrah's. Oh, it's it exists. It's real. And he's like, let's go to Casino Royale. I think they got like they have like the lowest table minimums on the strip. And I was like, okay, cool. 
we didn't end up sitting at a table, but we do go to one of those bubble roulette machines. Like, I don't know if this is what you and Daniel were at, if you guys were actually at a table with a dealer. But No, no, we we weren't facing people at that point. In the no. Day. No, we were, we were at one of the machines. Yeah, yeah. So, so we all sit down at the machine, and, and we're having a blast. And I got, you know, Libby on my right, Brandon on my left, great time. David, in case you're wondering, is yeah, asleep in the hotel. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, it's like... Uh, uh, we had gone to breakfast, and he got that old post-breakfast slump. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, David's very wise. He's <laughs> not like me, Libby, or even to an extent, Brandon. I don't gamble. Well, not like that. It's more like is that your David impression? It wasn't, it wasn't bad. That <laughs> it was, was the first time I've ever. That's <laughs> the first time I've ever tried to do a David. I don't gamble. Why does he sound like Pat? Malam Brando, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't gamble. But no, he's he's wise in that if he's tired, he'll just take a nap. Like he doesn't. I mean, that's smart. He doesn't got to impress anybody. Listen to your body. Yeah, mm-hmm. he listens to his body. That's the main thing he does is he listens to his body. Me, I try to dominate my body. I try to force <laughs> it into doing things it doesn't want You're to do. You're awake. Yeah, yeah. So like when we had this big breakfast and, you know, everyone's full. We didn't get a ton of sleep the night before. Brand, we got back to the hotel and Dave, uh, Libby and I go over to their We have rooms right next to each other and we go over to their room and we're like, hey, you guys ready to go back out? And David has like fallen asleep in the half hour or so that it's taken us to get back to their room. And we're like, David, do you pushing just want to bellhop cart? What? <laughs> You're pushing him one of those baggage carts yeah. up to the room. <laughs> he's tired. He's <laughs> we we uh he's fallen asleep and uh we're like, Do you just want to hang here and like we'll give you a call like just text us when you wake up? He's like, Yeah, that sounds good. Sleeps for like four hours. Wow. And then but then he's and then we all stay up till six AM. He's the only one who feels good the next morning. Yeah. Everyone else feels like shit. <laughs> and he feels awesome. Yeah. We're sitting there miserable getting lunch the next day before we leave, and we're all just sitting at this restaurant like you couldn't find three more miserable people plus David, who's just like, I feel good. There's always one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Well, uh, but so the yeah, moral of the story is we're at the, we're at the roulette table, and Brandon is just playing on his Alice money. Like he's just playing his Alice winning. So he puts in like 25 bucks or whatever right. he made off the Alice. Even machine. if I lose, I still come out ahead. Yeah, really, and then and then he just keeps winning. Oh, like really? he keeps going up and up and up. <laughs> Meanwhile, I I'm the only one of the three of us that had to put in more than what I initially put in. I think we all oh, put really? in about twenty, and I was the only one who got down to zero in the course of the time we were sitting there. Oh no! And they're just riding it and riding it, right? And they're doing all these different techniques, right? They're throwing things around, and I'm like, I'm going to ride this one number. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. I don't care how many times I lose. I, it will pay off and it will be worth what I lost riding because I'm just putting 25 cents at a time on this number, right? right? Sometimes 50 cents. And then for a while, like when I was like more up, I was like doing 50 cent bets every hand. Then I was doing dollar bets every hand, just riding this number, riding the same number all whole time. Number 28. Oh, that's my, that's the number I ride too. So 28, right? 28 drink lady rolls comes around. I put in my drink order, come back. I missed my turn oh, lands on 28. 28 yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I couldn't. It's fucking almost believe it. as if those machines can read your mind. Isn't it's it? yeah. it's I and it never came back either. <laughs> no, I was like, no, no, no. I can't be swayed. I got to keep riding twenty. <laughs> We're sitting across from this toothless old jabber woman who, like, she's in there and she's just like, ah, come on, green, green. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And it turns out she's riding green this whole time. It does pay out well. Yeah. All she's been doing this entire time is riding green. Right. Mm-hmm. It lands on green. 
finally she's like yes she makes everything back or whatever but i don't even know if she did but then <laughs> she not. goes then she goes it's gonna hit green again uh-huh. and i'm like what she puts another dollar on green or however i don't even know what her oh, bet was man. it hits green again oh green twice in a row so this bitch is across from me she's, getting two greens consecutively system, and i'm uh, i'm missing 28 you missed your 28 <laughs> dude, dude i felt like uh like the like the sky opened up that moment where i'm like yeah, you can have all your little facts and logic you want. Or I'm like, I know that statistically is it's a smart thing to do to ride Tony. <laughs> no, but that's then magic I got green twice in a row. Over there. Yeah, it does the, seem that way. The power it? of magical thinking, bro. Or it seems like the one time you bet more than you'd normally bet, you absolutely lose. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you bet a normal amount, you do okay. Those machines are fun as hell, though, because you can open up a special bet menu. Like it's a touch screen that you're betting yeah. on, yeah. So at the bottom it'll be like show special bets, and there'll be all these things like the red snake. Are you familiar with that? No. You put just a little bit of money on almost every red. Uh huh. So if it, but it's not every red. So it's it's on the numbers. It's not just betting red or black. Yeah. So the payout is like, I think you bet three, but you stand to win nine. It just puts like okay. a quarter on a bunch of different reds. So it's like, yeah, it's a great. It, and you'd think the odds are high. We did it twice, none of us. We did it twice, and we held hands every time, and we'd chant Red Snake, and uh, <laughs> it never paid off. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> no, it was a shame, but it was a, it was a good time. We went to the... Yeah, um, I don't know what I should say on the mic, but I will say this. I did die Uh-oh. briefly uh, and come back to life. Not my my heart didn't stop or anything, but <laughs> like your mom. When has, we first get, yeah, what happened? <laughs> I have a pacemaker. Now. Yeah, now Matt has a pacemaker. I recommended a model to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> we should get this one. Uh, on our first like hours after we checked in, we trucked our way over to the Mandalay Bay to go to the aquarium. Oh, he fell in the shark tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's open it's like a pool oh look at the wall <laughs> so yeah we we uh we went ahead and you know did that we chucked our way in there and i had just you know taken a lot of you know substances i'll just say alcohol like i was drinking a lot right oh fear and loathing in las vegas i was drinking a lot and <laughs> i i was drinking a lot and i think i got very dehydrated mm-hmm because I was in the uh, the old good old fashioned aquarium, and the aquarium has a whole out. Have you been to the one in Mandalay Bay? Yeah, it's immersive. A while ago. It's immersive, so it's like temple ruin walls and everything yeah. everywhere. Well, I'm starting to feel particularly dehydrated as soon as we enter there, and then the air is all very humid, which they mm-hmm. keep it that way for the animals. And suddenly, I'm noticing like, hey, I'm feeling pretty lightheaded right now. <laughs> And then suddenly I'm like, oh, my vision's getting kind of blurry. And then suddenly, oh, I can't see. Hey, Libby, I'm about to die. Yeah, I'm like, I can't see. And then I'm like, oh, I can't hear either. And I'm just standing up and I'm I'm grayed out and I'm just hearing like, "Mm." and I just like reach my hand out and I find David, luckily, and I like slap his arm and I just hear his voice through the din being like, oh, here, drink this. <laughs> he just hands me a bottle of water. And it was truly like with every gulp, like I gained a little bit of my vision. Right, back. yeah. Um, but it was crazy. Like I died in the shark. And that's why it's Shark 30 officially. Because well, yeah, I died and was reborn as a shark that day. <laughs> I died right next to the shark exhibit. Yeah, you transferred your old self into one of those sharks mm-hmm. and, and got one of a, them in you. Yeah. And then we had a lengthy journey back home. We walked from Mandalay Bay um, none of us in any sort of good condition, uh, physically or mentally, uh-huh. 
because uh, we're all, you know, we're all super dehydrated and we're just... Dehydrate is a euphemism here, I imagine. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we're all just dehydrated. <laughs> so we're all dehydrated. <laughs> we went to Vegas and we got very dehydrated. <laughs> it's a desert, dude. <laughs> so we're walking from Mandalay Bay, which, as you know, is like the farthest yeah. end of the strip, up to our hotel in Bally's. Yeah, it's all the way in the other end. It's a couple miles, yeah. yeah. And um, so we, we walk and it's... Let me tell you, when you're already in a sort of weakened dehydrated yeah when you're in a dehydrated mental and emotional state (laughs) walking the entire length of the vegas strip and especially that part of the vegas strip yeah is a fascinating experience because you are going to traverse about 70 different fully realized immersive environments (laughs) in the time it takes like i I imagine that's probably an hour walk maybe not even that long maybe 45 45 minutes minutes yeah yeah but it's like and it's also often a maze trying to find your way. And I oh, was trying very, to get over the intersections and stuff, things like that. And then just yeah. trying to like getting into a casino from a connecting hallway to another casino. Yeah. But then also being like, okay, where's the walkway to the next? Oh, you casino? were doing it through the casinos yes. rather than on yes. the side. Yeah. So the track oh, and that would take a while. Well, I was really lucky that I. Um, that it's like I've been to Vegas so many times that it's basically by rote for me. Mm-hmm. Although I always, and this was no exception, always get lost in Excalibur. Because <laughs> I've walked that walk. It's You go Mandalay, Luxor, Excalibur, cross a footbridge to New York, New York, yeah. cross another footbridge to MGM, mm-hmm. go down to the street from there. But it's like not over once you get there because then you start walking through the a real shady part. Like you're walking by the M&M store and the Coca-Cola store. That's the shady part of Vegas. It's weird. <laughs> well, it's just a weird part because there's a lot of people out on the street and there's like a lot of music being played from a lot of different sources yeah. and a lot of like dancing lights and That's stuff. That's like the Margaritaville and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. And like people are in your face like... Yeah, I'm just like walking, just kind of petrified at all the stimulation, and this guy's getting up in my face. Yeah, this guy's getting up in my face like sluts for your nuts. Yeah. and I'm like, ah. They, they have a, there's a name for them. The ones that they 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 give out little mm-hmm. business cards basically yeah. for prostitutes, right? But mm-hmm. um, they click them with with their hands. They click them together. Yeah. So every time you're walking down the street in Vegas, you hear. Yeah. Well, because sometimes you get in a way where you're. Uh, empathetic to a fault where the slightest shift in mood around you will become internalized very fast. So it's like (laughs) if people around you seem weird, then you start feeling weird. If people around you seem angry or like annoyed (laughs) and like Vegas is a dark place. It's a weird, (laughs) it's a very strange little strip. Max has woken up to Vegas now. No, it's awesome. I mean, dude, it was was fantastic. Now you're in a dark and weird place. My room through a complete accident had a strip view. Oh, nice. So the the journey was like going back, like getting all the way back. Brandon had bought souvenir photos of us at the aquarium for for forty dollars. <laughs> so that's where and, his money goes. Yeah, <laughs> he so, makes he makes his fortunes on the Alice slot machine, and then, and then he goes right back into sharks. Yeah. right back into MGM's yeah. pocket. <laughs> oh yeah, money never leaves Vegas. No. <laughs> it just gets circled around. <laughs> but you have some iPhone quality yeah. photos of yourself in a shark. Tank. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. it really is iPhone quality. <laughs> yeah. and it's a shark that i that's the funny thing about those photos the too. just painted in i gotta show you those photos because yeah you are just standing in front of a green screen mm-hmm. but they also take the liberty to give you another few so like we have these big now like it's a great souvenir because we have these big 
photos of the four of us looking baffled <laughs> in front of a camera and it's like there's sharks behind us which is like okay you visited the aquarium so here's a couple but then they're also like and here's you in front of the welcome to las vegas sign <laughs> and here's you in front of uh, i think the grand canyon <laughs> here's you in zach bagan's haunted museum <laughs> like, yeah they're putting you places <laughs> that you're nowhere near <laughs> that's funny yeah it's awesome and so um yeah, uh, that was really funny. But so then like we had a journey, which is like we have to bring this back to the room because no one wants to carry this bullshit. Like Lord day. of the Rings. It it was more <laughs> intense than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, we had to really brave our way through just a, a whole world of of people. And, and, you know, David's over here just erratically. Everyone's mood is changing so erratically. David's like getting annoyed at the people who are trying to sell us like timeshare, you know, the people who are like, how many, how many nights, yeah. how many nights? And I just look over. David's always like a few paces behind everyone for some reason. Like he's kind of keeping up the rear, like, <laughs> protecting us. Like your sheep dogs. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And <laughs> so like, yeah, like we're sheep and he's a sheep. Dog. Cause yeah, like, yeah. cause like, yeah, the, uh, the lady's bothering us or whatever. And we just kind of move through and Brandon is, Brandon has all of his wits about him, I'll just say. Right. And so Brandon's just very like, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks. Have a good night. And I'm just here, David, behind me kind of ranting off into the night air because we're outdoors now. We're walking between New York and MGM. And he's just like, he's just going like, wait, you just want to hang out? You want to hang out with us? If you want to hang out with us, just say so. You don't have to. Like, he's oh, just, man. He's going ape. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then he, he spots, just don't, don't engage. He spots, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't actually talking to her. Oh, he was okay. just talking to nobody afterward. Like, <laughs> can you believe this lady? <laughs> can you believe these people trying to sell us things in <laughs> and Vegas? Then, and, then he's, and then he locks eyes with um, David Copperfield. On the MGM building. Oh, I thought you... Okay. Yeah, no, we did not run into <laughs> that, him, That sadly. last part is important. Yeah. On he the, 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 well, you know, I mean, there's like a four-story tall photo of his face on, on the MGM yeah, building. Yeah. And at night, it looks especially big because the MGM building glows green. Mm. So from this bridge view, it's just a beacon pointing you at old uh, David Copperfield. And David points that guy out. And he's like... He has my name. Uh, well, close. David. He starts going on about how he doesn't deserve the name David Copperfield because David <laughs> Copperfield's David, a really uh, good Dickens. book. No, no, By because Dickens. No, I don't think it's because it had nothing. I asked him about it later, and I, I thought he was saying he didn't deserve the name David. Oh no, he's saying he doesn't deserve the name David Copperfield. Because David Copperfield's his favorite book, and by that Charles, by Charles Dickens, Dickens and David, and David, is David Dickens. Dickens. Yes, that makes a whole lot. Yeah, of I sense. think there was a lot of gears turning in his head yeah. about names in that moment. <laughs> Can I interrupt very briefly with uh, a fun fact I've recently? Well, it's not a fact because it's not confirmed. David Copperfield is his real name. No, oh, but there is something about David Copperfield that's a little interesting. Tell me, what do you think the most interesting thing about a magician could be that they might want to keep secret? And no, it's not that he actually is magic. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he actually well, let me think. has Oh, powers. is he maybe a Scientologist? No. Okay. That's a good guess, though. Um, let's see. Just that wanna, wasn't a good guess. Put it out there. <laughs> that was a good guess. I thought about it for a second, and no, I've decided that wasn't a good uh, guess. He owns, like, something. Does he own? Is it about something he owns? No. Okay. Is it about some? Is it about a way? Is he it's Christian? About, He's no, Christian. No, no. It's about something he is, or He's maybe. Gay? Like I say, it's not confirmed. He's gay. No one cares. Uh, being gay is not a yeah. bad thing to be. <laughs> if you're a magician, I think probably many of them are. But um, no. Uh, oh, he's married. No. Should I give you the answer? 
No, no, no. Give me. I'm getting. Let's hotter. Is he uh, married? Hang warmer, on. <laughs> you know, Shameful for the sex for the sex appeal, like a K-pop star. <laughs> uh, give me a little warmer. No, colder. no. So like I'm like I'm saying something that for a magician might give away a fair amount of how their tricks are done. Oh, all his tricks are bought. No. Oh, all his no. tricks are patented. No. Um, no, no. You can look up how he does something his about what he is that might give away how some of his tricks are done. Oh, he's got a twin. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yes. No, that's true, I think. Because they I've, say, you know, yeah. Penn Jillette's loud-ass mouth says that, like, there are some, ex- there are some, I won't, I would never name them. Yeah, yeah. But there are some extremely prominent magicians who the way they do their act is they have an identical twin. Right. He's definitely said stuff like that. Oh, before. I don't know if uh, yeah. Penn said that specifically, but has, yeah, that yeah. there, at least there's a fair amount of convincing evidence that David Cobbfield might have a twin. That's awesome. Yeah, that is kind of cool if you kept that secret all that time. I mean, yeah, that doesn't... To me, I'm like, I don't really care. No, yeah, but like, you're not interested in the, you know, like the actual craft of magic. You, you like well, seeing it. Well, I am, it. but I assume that's a part of the craft of magic. Well, you like seeing it, though. You He's don't, not, you don't, mean, you're not interested in how they're done so much. Well, so no, like I the am. Idea that I'm someone, interested in that. Well, the, the idea that someone is famous, you can imagine someone on the lower end having a twin and doing like a, you know, a, a transported man type thing. I mean, that's a big part of the movie and the book, The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see how, how that would work, but it's also like you're not under that much scrutiny. David Copperfield's been under a ton of scrutiny since he became famous way back in, what, the 80s, 90s? Um, it's kind of impressive that he managed to keep it secret for that long. Well, that, is, that is impressive. And it hasn't been confirmed. I it's guess just, I guess uh, what I meant is likely it wouldn't like um, it wouldn't take the wind out of my sail. Like I wouldn't consider it like taking a performance enhancing drug in the world of magic. No, because, it's not cheating. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and really the trick there isn't so much using a twin or use because lots of people use doubles. Yeah, convincing doubles. Um, so that's not. It's not like ethically dubious or anything like that. The the trick of it really is how hiding it a secret. That hiding is, cool. yeah, that's yeah. really clever. Yeah, because anyway. I was going to say, I thought you were saying it would be bad because if people found out that he was doing all whatever tricks he was doing by having a twin, what if one of his tricks at the end of the show is just two of him walk out on stage? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess it would damage him in the sense that if you, if it was confirmed, mm-hmm. if everyone knew he had a twin and then he was doing one of his effects where you know he disappears from one place and turns up somewhere else, for instance, um, yeah, then you might. You know, an audience might be like, oh, well, that's probably his twin then. Or you'd be wondering which one was which and stuff like that. So it would yeah. ruin him a bit. If, if it became well-known or if it became confer- absolutely confirmed, then it would ruin him a little bit. Or yeah. you just have to do normal tricks. I mean, plenty of his tricks don't require having a double. So Yeah, my only thing, like, um, most, most magic, I mean, I haven't seen that much live magic, to be honest, but... If anything really wild happens in a magic show, like someone showing up somewhere they're not supposed to be... Mm-hmm. My assumption is always just, oh, they have a custom-built stage. Like, they have custom-built trap doors, or they have custom-built state. Like, there's this, like, which to me is, like, just as unimpressive in a way, as impressive slash unimpressive as having a twin. Well, that goes without saying, yeah. you know, especially on a big stage, like, you've got to assume yeah. they do. But, yeah. um, and that's one of the reasons why I really like the, uh, the prestige. I, I've read the book recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd seen the film before, but only just read the book. And the book, it, for me, the book's more interesting, but mm-hmm. I can imagine Is why it a fiction it book be. or non-fiction it's fiction, book. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, it's fiction, but it involves a lot of you know whoever what's his name Christopher Priest. Um, obviously, knew a lot about 
Victorian era magic, stage magic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so one of the most the the coolest thing about that is basically about rivaling magicians, like one mm-hmm. who's very good and really wants to be a huge magician, and one who's just obsessed with the craft of it. Right. So the big one, played by Hugh Jackman, goes to see his rival's um, performance, and he sees a trick where you know the guy bounces a ball walks into one closet and then immediately comes out of the other closet and picks up the ball. And the audience don't applaud at all. But he says that's the best trick I've ever seen. Because if you know the, the um, you know, you know how those tricks work, like they work with trapdoors or things concealed or whatever, um, it actually makes it more impressive when something happens which that alone can't explain. Yeah. And spoiler alert for The Prestige it eventually turns out that he actually has a twin and his whole act has been concealing that he has a twin. His twin is actually it's with big, him most of the time. Spoiler. Yeah, it's a huge spoiler, yeah. Oh, well, Although shit. in the book it's revealed about uh, probably not even halfway through. It's more, okay. it's more, it's a reveal in the movie, but um, in the book it's kind of well-known halfway through. But I, think, I don't know, I thought that was a really clever thing. Again, if, especially if you're interested in how magic tricks work, like for something to seem genuinely magical to you, even though to a regular audience it doesn't seem impressive at all, mm-hmm. but it seems impressive to you because you know how the trick should be done and yet it's being done some other way and you can't right. figure out how. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Um, no, yeah. Uh, as for as for what else is going on in Vegas, no magic right now, I'll say that much. No magic. No. It's Piff no Magic shows. Dragon nut. He probably, <laughs> I think I saw him uh, doing Sluts for Your Nuts cards, tapping the cards together. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Mr. Piffles. Yeah. Mr. Piffles, oh, no. uh, bring us... <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant he was selling. Him he was out. selling. Yeah, oh, dear. that is kind of what I meant. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's got a whole. I mean, that guy is terrible. He needs to go. So you don't have anything else? Did you come out ahead or did you lose in Vegas? No, I lost. I mean, I lost you everything. Lost, I lo- you lost everything. <laughs> All your twenty bucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't gamble that much. Luckily, I have. I don't have it in me to gamble too much. Right, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. Anything I gambled was a loss. I'll say that. I Whoa. I never cashed out. I'll say this. I never cashed out of a machine. Okay. <laughs> I only left when it went to zero. Well, yeah. Speaking of big gambles, Uh-oh. guess who got in on the meme stocks? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm a diamond hand ape army GME boy. That's funny. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I told you I was trying to figure out things to talk about, and I was like, "What's the big events that happen here?" And you can, oh just yeah, for, just got, look at like you can, just to verify what. Did oh, I he's say? got notes. That's yeah, sweet. Just little things. Oh, we stonks talk. is yeah. number two. Adam Curtis. Oh, yeah. we can. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't but we can either. Talk about that. I don't. I want to know who Adam Curtis is. Okay. Well, That's, we can. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Let's get into <laughs> yeah. that one after after yeah. the stonks, the yeah. meme stocks. Yeah, because I actually I have first-hand experience with those now uh i got i got in far too late (laughs) yeah i missed i missed when we went to the moon (laughs) yeah i'm still holding them (laughs) great i'm still holding them because too much don't don't say what you spent but nothing nothing i couldn't afford to lose uh yeah so now and technically i haven't lost it yet and that's what the reddit people keep saying yeah you gotta hold (laughs) desperately holding the bag but they're like well we haven't lost it until we sell out so technically, no. I just own four shares of GameStop. 
cool. <laughs> but I paid far too much for them. And shit, yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of, you know, it kind of sucks. But on the other hand, I got in, it kind of, it, it made me start an account and figure out how to put money into it. And so I've, I've nearly broken even. I'm still holding mm. those and I lost a lot of money on those because I got in way too late. I think the rule is by the time it's appeared on Reddit, it's too late to invest in yeah. probably. So maybe stop doing that. Um, yeah, don't don't do it. <laughs> don't, no, it's a bad idea. That being said, you can if you can catch little waves. Like I did very well on weed recently. Um, weed what, stocks. I, what weed company has an IPO right now? Tons Canadian really? ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mostly Canadian because it's are you investing with real money or is this like uh, <laughs> no, it's actual money? Dogecoin or what is no? This? But I did get in on Dogecoin as well. Christ I Almighty. Got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the, the the worst thing about Dogecoin is it was a coworker actually because I thought it was like I mean it is literally a meme cryptocurrency it's yes. not even it wasn't even intended to be a is proper it, currency is it farmed in the same way that Bitcoin no. is I, I honestly I don't really know what people are doing yeah. with it as far as I understand it was a couple of guys joke uh, started as a kind of joke yeah and then it took off just because it had meme potential yeah because it's literally like doggy coin. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but uh, a coworker of mine said, "Oh yeah, it sounds stupid, but literally invest in it tonight, and it, it, it's going to be pumped and dumped over the weekend. It'll get ridiculously big." The, my only thing is pump and dump. How do you know when to sell before the dump? That's the tricky part. Yeah, yeah. That's what I don't <laughs> and care. the thing is, no one—if anyone really knew—then they would be doing incredibly well off it. Well, but I guess it's—it is—it is very much like gambling. Then where it's entirely it's like, like well, with, while you're with these knowing when ones, to hold them and knowing when to fold them. Well, yeah, with with these yeah. ones, these ones that are getting pumped up by—I mean, Wall Street Bets, which is the Reddit that started the whole GameStop thing. I mean, that started with very good technical analysis of the GameStop stock. Like, mm-hmm. they re- I mean, I still don't properly understand the whole machinations of the stock market and all of no. that but somewhat yeah. some smart guy who, who was a professional financial investor on that subreddit realized there's like a huge potential here or something to do with stock options and blah 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 and the valuation For GameStop of the company or dogecoin gamestop and a couple of others like well, wasn't AMC. it just that he noticed that a hedge fund had shorted a bunch of shares yeah so like he figured that you could actually you could in theory make a ton of money by investing in it now mm-hmm. and then so but I mean, either way and then it became it wasn't his idea i think to fuck he over the hedge funds he didn't want to do a pump and dump yeah. no it, was, it wasn't his idea to fuck over the hedge funds that came a bit later so when, not a pump and dump but a short squeeze right short squeeze yeah, yeah. but a pump and dump's a little different and that's, pump and dumps are like bitcoin that's what that's what bitcoin is operating <laughs> on is pump and dump which well, is yeah, which is but, like it only has value cuz like right now i don't think i think it's down again but really, all it is, is not is down. I, I, I am seriously regretting. I thought it was a scam, like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was seeing a bunch of videos in like you know 2010, 2012, telling you to invest in Bitcoin, and at that point you were paying like ten dollars per Bitcoin. It's yeah. valued at forty-seven thousand dollars per, per coin. coin. Yeah, and it's probably going to go up to a hundred by the end of the year. Oh yeah, I mean, it's insane what happened with that. But I, yeah. again, I don't really understand it. So you're not going to get any. But the thing is, analysis for me, all I can do is tell you what my my little well, journey as, into it as was. As with all <laughs> things, the value is simply what someone will give you for it, right? So with, theory, with Bitcoin, the value is based on like. If the media cycle on Bitcoin and things like that run dry, right now actually seems like a really good time for Bitcoin, I guess. Although I don't hear about it so much it's in the media anymore. Time. But because people want blockchain currency that's untraceable right, right okay, now. Okay, so that's, that's a whole other thing. And blockchain itself apparently will become much more of an issue in and of itself. And they'll probably mm-hmm. get like an ETF, which is like a collection of cryptocurrencies. When yeah. that starts going, that will kind of... The whole crypto market will be its own thing. But... 
as far as Bitcoin, as far as I understand it, they they it's not unlike most uh, companies where they, it's kind of speculative. It's like oh well, there will be this much in a year or two, or there will be this much. So uh, apparently, Bitcoin doesn't mine anymore. There there is a finite amount of Bitcoin, and it's always available and it's always there, whatever that means. Uh, so apparently, that makes it almost impossible for it to crash now. It can only keep going up a little bit. Who knows? I, I, I really, like I say, I have no idea about this. My wife knows more about it than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm very new to it, and I'm kind of getting a information overload on a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but that's why I kind of accept, like, I, I did lose on GME. I, I got in. I don't think it was a bad idea to get in when I got in, given the way it was sounding. But you can say you were there. Exactly. If nothing at, else. At the time, it was still, like, not a terrible idea. Uh, in hindsight, it was, but you know that's hindsight for you. Uh, but I see it. As, I see my losses there as a like an admission fee to getting in on the rest of it because some of it's really interesting, especially what's happening this year. And now the after the GME thing, uh, like millions more people have signed up for like Robinhood accounts, yeah, and things like that. Well, and what so I'm everyone's con- getting what in, I'm so confused these- by though is that everyone who invested in GME mm-hmm. was on their fuck Robinhood tip when they win Robin hood. So it seems like what happened, what actually happened is a precedent got set for market interference. Yeah. At the whims of like hedge fund, uh, hedge fund owners. Yeah, and, and shit. they were going to so be. So to me, I'm like, this seems like actually a really bad time to be getting in on it. Cause now it's just well, like, if something like that ever happens again, the precedent has already been set that Robin hood can just be like, no, well, they were going to try to start. Your own, they'll just take you off the we're, servers. We're like still, we're, we still haven't, I don't think seen the uh, end result of that. I think there are going to be a lot of lawsuits about what happened there. Good and I luck. think quite justified. I'm sure no one will get any big payout from it, but it might. No, I think it's, you know. I think it's more than justified. I'm just saying that like, yeah, those people have a lot of say in a lot of things in this world. So like no, the people, sure. the people who got Robin hood to stop that in the first place, yeah, that that's well, a, that was, that's a tough the, opponent to the go GMT, up against. <laughs> G, GME was a complete anomaly in many ways, and it probably won't happen again. Yeah, uh, I mean, it really <laughs> the stock went from like four dollars to four hundred dollars in like overnight, a few right? months. Yeah, yeah like it, it's incredible how that happened. But yeah. and that probably won't happen again. But what's happening is that because a lot more people suddenly are putting all their money into stocks, mm-hmm. anything that goes up on Reddit or whatever is bound to. Completely pop, and then everyone will sell, and it crashes back down. So if you can get in on those at the right time, if you can kind of figure that out and be okay with occasionally not making as much as you could have, or not or losing more than you thought you should have, then there are things to do. So like the wheat stocks, Reddit, you know, once they got sick of GME or realized that was the kind of last cause, they went all in on wheat stocks. So they went up. You know, I I got thirty percent on one of mine. And luckily managed to sell out most of it uh, when it was still, before it crashed again. Well, I will give them one thing. The, they're pretty funny. <laughs> like the Wall Street Bets subreddit. All, I the, mean, all it, the my wife's boyfriend memes and stuff. That's, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of like, a, you know. It's very 4chan Red pill. Yeah, like they're, yeah. they're a bit like that. Um, but that's when I started, because I, I, I knew about them, but I kind of thought that they were mostly based on like making very, very extravagant calls and hoping they paid off. Mm. And a big thing that they used to do was uh, they have a whole flair for on, on the subreddit called uh, Lost Porn, where mm. they just show how much they've lost on a, on a certain gamble <laughs> yeah. and kind of like 
you know call themselves uh, idiots for doing that yeah. and uh, but i didn't really know I, I didn't really look at it until i started getting into the gme thing because that's where most of it was reported on and uh yeah you know i i'd already paid in and i was like okay well it's crashing but the idea here is that it's going to crash and then go way back up um but I started getting discouraged when I realized that everything on Wall Street bets. I I, th- I figured that most of them would be at least somewhat stock literate, whereas I wasn't. So I figured I'd be okay. I'll be getting some good explanations for why this is actually a good idea. But I realized that no, most of what you're seeing is like you know people trying to explain it by being like, well, you got to think about it kind of like the Matrix revelations, right? Oh boy. So basically, like we're all Neo right now, and they're mm. all Agent Smiths. But mm. then uh, you know, at the end, when he, he realizes that he really is the one, he stops the bullets and he rises up, and we're going to the moon. And I'm like, well, <laughs> is yeah. that the best way to? And then you, you okay, Isn't well, the let, ending- let me scroll down and let's look at uh, some other stuff. Like, um, oh, okay, all right. So it's like the, it's like three hundred. Okay, it's like the movie Three Hundred. Right. Now I've got to feel. I got to think about it in those terms. Okay, so we're the Spartans and they're the Persian Empire. Yeah, yeah. and we just got to kick someone down a well hard enough, and then the best we have diamond hands and we're an ape army. And, the best thing about yeah. that is that. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, one of the like cliffhangers or one of the insinuated things in the Matrix is that the world Neo goes to was also created by the machines. It's just a secondary fake world. Yeah, so, yeah. And in this, and in well, 300, that's... the Spartans die. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like... so that's remarkably apt, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but no, I realize you know that all of they're, they're all just explaining their <laughs> yeah. theories on what's definitely going to yeah. happen in the very real stock market. Yeah. By thinking about movies that have come out recently, and <laughs> you yeah. know, it really yeah. doesn't. It, and and sure enough, it, it didn't. Uh, happen no. the way they said it would well it's it's uh, unfortunately it's one of those things but i don't know i i, I just i'm not, i don't I, I don't it's so it's so detached from anything i do like i don't know shit i haven't got no, nothing same i got no money to <laughs> do it with like I, I got nothing but i will say that it does appear to me like it's like um i feel like it's like you're watching a bunch of people like all the people are like, we're like sitting over here in the bleachers and we're watching these people play this fucking made up game where it's like all the rules are made up. And then they're like, oh yeah, I could do that. I'm gonna go in there and have my own made up rules. And the people playing the made up game are like, fuck you. No, you don't get to do that. <laughs> and then we're like, well, what the fuck is it like? Why can't we? I thought these were the made up rules. And it's like, nah, the point is the rules are made up, bitch. Like, so oh, yeah. there's no I reason. Mean, like, there's no reasoning with them is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, when, that, they, when, that's, when Robin Hood shuts down your shit for like market interference, it's like, yeah, that's expected because that's a kind of inherently corrupt. No, I mean, and I, <laughs> yeah. I still agree with that. I still yeah. saying like, no, they, they literally changed the rules to so they would win. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, yeah. it really is unfair. But um, the only way to play win is to not play. Although everyone's always get in yeah. there. But I mean, I say that, and yet you'll catch me at the roulette table. No, exactly. So that's kind of what it's <laughs> yeah. like for me. Like now that I've, basically, I just had I, I put money in when I heard about the GME thing. Mm-hmm. Got and put some of that into GME, and that didn't go well. But then I was like, all right, I'm not going to bother withdrawing the rest of the money. I'll just see what I can do with it. And I've nearly broken even in total, that's including fun. my GME losses. And uh, you know, I'll keep it in there. I'll see what goes on. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. My recommendation is to just invest in a very diversified portfolio with safe bets <laughs> and just let really it sit nice. for 30 years. That's some <laughs> radical uh, yeah, That's a radical I don't have diamond right hands. I got bronze hands at best over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, whole, the diamond hands and paper hands thing. I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is it paper? I don't even know. I don't get paper this hands is people who sell out because they're worried they're going to lose it. So, i.e., the people who made millions of dollars off oh, the I GME see. short squeeze are all paper mm-hmm. hands, whereas the diamond hand ape army <laughs> are sitting there holding, <laughs> literally holding the bag. Yeah, I mean, boy, I don't know. I would if I if I were ever going to get into the stock market, I feel like I would probably just like find an accountant and be like, "Can you invest this for me?" Like well, dude, you, you could get you in on, seem to know honestly, what to do. The, the way I see, if you if you're gonna do it long term, now granted, I, I again I'm really new to it. I don't yeah. I don't know anywhere near as much as like my wife knows far more about it. I tend to trust her judgment on like she's quite sensible. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I mean she she can go. She went on oh, GME too and <laughs> you make know, anything but, or no. Uh, she she got out better than I did. Yeah, that's good. Um, but. Yeah, basically, you could invest in even companies that sound too obvious, like, oh, I've missed the boat on that, like Disney or Apple or whatever. You can put money in there like a bank account, and you're going to make some money on it, you know? Like, you don't need to check it every day. You don't need to check the charts. No, yeah, yeah. You, most likely, they're not going to have a huge crash anytime soon. Well, you that's know, what like, I'm saying. That's That was what I just said. It's just like, invest across a wide array of industries. So, okay, if one yeah. industry completely tanks, like if you have all your money in the entertainment industry, you just had a really bad year. You know what I mean? But mm. if you got some money in oil, some money in Not if you were in, in Netflix or something, no. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I'll bet you Disney stock is probably down right now, right? Unless it's Disney lower, Plus is doing numbers it, for him. Well, it is. But yeah, uh, yeah Dis- Disney is not a bad time to get in right now, apparently. The other thing, though, is that the other thing that's funny about it, though, is that... Uh, the price of a stock is not necessarily predicated. It's not like no. a. It's not like a currency that's backed by gold. Although we don't have that either. It's no, like, no, no, no. It's a bunch it's of people agreeing what like you should someone pay for. could be like someone could, like Lyft. I'm sure has a fairly expensive stock, and they've like never operated in the black. You know what I mean? Things like that. So it's like it has nothing to do with how much money. It's just like it's like a rich people's feeling. It's like, it's the, it's the appraisal of someone being like, I think that company is worth a lot. Well, right sort now. of, but I mean, you know, cause there's are, like cultural capital and then there's also like what they actually uh, have there, in the there, bank. There are and, all sorts of complicated yeah. reasons that affect the stock price. Like for instance, you know, Chipotle's stock price is like $1,500 a share. It should whereas be. Disney's cause they just did cauliflower more. rice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, dude. It's low calorie. It costs too much. The it's rice. Like an extra $3. Is it? Yeah, it's a premium. I thought it was just a rice option. No, it's a premium. It's like an oh, additional two fifty or something. Shows how yeah. long I've been to Chipotle. Yeah. yeah, but isn't Chipotle owned by like? Isn't it front? Isn't it like owned by <laughs> Google or something weird like that? I have no idea. Well, like Whole Foods, it's owned by you know, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know that. Well, that, I mean, that was just, very. They were very. It was like a secret. I'm just saying, like <laughs> well, some of these things. Might, like I'm saying, like I'll bet you Whole, Whole Foods' stock rose when they got acquired by Amazon. I don't. It could have gone either way. So I mean, I'm wondering just, if Amazon, if Chipotle is owned by like Warren Buffett personally or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we really shouldn't. We shouldn't talk about stocks because I don't really. I'm still so new to it. Well, I don't if really there's understand. one thing I did learn from our slash Wall Street bets, it's you should never talk about your stocks because <laughs> people will talk you out of holding the line or whatever. Oh, wow. it's starting to feel like a death cult in there. It's, it's starting to weird. feel like uh, uh, Heaven's Gate. It's a little weird. But, like, don't talk to people about this. Yeah, like this. That's just well, everyone needs to have faith. But you've also got to realize that it went up when the whole GME thing happened, and when that hit the news, it yeah. went up by about seven million subscribers. I think oh, they only yeah. they only had about one point five million at first. And now mm. it's up to like eight million something. Yeah, they had, so a, they had some funny. It, they had some everyone funny posting in there now. You can tell that like some of them are saying, you know, like I live with my mom. I'm like a high yeah. school kid, and yeah. she wouldn't let me start a Robin Hood account, yeah. so I had to like. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah. Why are we listening to you on like yeah. serious financial? 
implicate. There's some you, funny, you know, I mean, there's been like, some funny just, stuff. I mean, I saw like, uh, I mean, me personally, I, I, this is not for me. So I'm like almost in, I actually deleted my Twitter. I mean, not my Twitter. I deleted my Reddit and I made a brand new one where I only subscribed to like three subreddits. Uh, cause I'm sick of seeing like tertiary, like I'm sick of like wall street bets creeping into everything I do is bro. There was a wall street bets themed porno on bang bros the other week. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You see the guy, he's got diamond hands while he's fucking. It's, no, really? I'm not even joking. It's, oh, wow. it's like everywhere I go, I can't escape the, Wall that's Street. That's an opportunistic bets. industry there. The oh, yeah. No they would jump oh, yeah. oh, dude, it's been everything. I've seen like uh, girl hops in the bang bus for COVID relief check. Oh, it's all kind of, they're very topical. <laughs> it's like, who needs the Daily Show? Yeah, Or really. last week tonight exactly. when you've got bang bros. <laughs> Probably not significantly worse uh, context there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, the content is honestly, it's funnier. Yeah. than SNL or something. <laughs> oh, but, well, anyway, yeah, that's all I got to say about the meme stars. I, I just thought it was funny the, you know, how disillusioned you get. Like when I when I first bought in, I was like, I'm really part of like a fucking movement here. Like this is yeah. this is important, and these guys know what they're doing, and they've gained the system. Kind of like yeah. anonymous or something, you know, like back yeah. in the day where you thought they were cool, and then yeah. you slowly realize when they're like, well, think of ourselves as Neo. So, okay, well, maybe I was wrong to put so much faith in this. <laughs> you know, speaking of anonymous, I actually have a good podcast rec for you. Is Alcoholics it? Anonymous podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> this is what this episode's about. Sounds uh, like it from your I'm, Vegas. Uh, I'm going ordeal. away to rehab. <laughs> yeah, that's like Johnny Cash in the <laughs> in the sixties. Uh, no, it was. Um, it's this podcast I've listened to on and off forever, and it's like truly, I'll listen to like one episode every two years. And weirdly, every time I listen to it, I'm like, wow, this show's actually like shockingly good for a show that's like hosted by the least compelling and honestly most annoying and stupid hosts you could imagine. Mm. They get like really good guests and the info is always really interesting. It's a podcast called Monster Talk and uh, they'll do episodes on like the Jersey Devil or whatever, right? Okay. So it's a bit like Mysterious, Mysterious Universe. Universe right? yeah. <laughs> Except Mysterious Universe is more almost like a book report podcast where they keep very current yeah. on like what's like what is David Icke said most recently, things right. like that. Uh this is almost like beginner's guide to certain things. But they'll just have these random really good ones of shit that I just don't know that much about. Like they did one on Yokai, which is like a Japanese mm-hmm. folklore thing. And they had, you know, this author of a book and she was from Japan. She was talking about like just explaining it and everything. It's very skeptical. It's not like Mysterious Universe where they like where they play agnostic about like whether or not these things are real or whatever. It's it's very just like, no, we don't think any of this is real. But from a cultural context, it's interesting. But uh, they did one on the Church of Satan, the one that you like, the prankster one. Oh, the Satanic Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think they had like three or four. It was like a roundtable discussion of people involved in different areas of satanism like from satanic temple to levian and then someone who like was an actual occultist that believed in satan and all of them it wasn't like an argument it wasn't crossfire or anything they were just all saying like where they come from and blah 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 yeah that's cool but by the way, I'm now an ordained member of the satanic temple. Great. Well Papa Santa Do they have a chap (laughs) anyway They have a chapter in T O my wallet's in the in the other room but yeah I could show you my card. Do they have a chapter in T O? 
they they did have a Ventura County uh, mm. chapter. Yeah, I don't know if anything's happening with that uh, during COVID. I told you one time I went to go uh, that they were doing yeah. a, a meetup at the Dudes Brewing Company. Didn't you get one nice. look and walk away? I, I chickened out. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they were too scary. <laughs> Not spooky. scary, just uh, I, I didn't think I would have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so All I, right. uh, I will say, and that's me... called Monster Talk. Plug for oh well, no. What I was getting at was not just <laughs> okay. plugging the podcast, but one of their most recent episodes they did was all about cicada. Over, and they got a guy who was interesting because he called himself Doctor Something, and he talked about working in an office and like how like David Ike has called his office before, like seemingly high or something being like really? yeah like being like oh do you have information on this and and then he was like oh and he was like wait what's your last name and then he, he had some weird last name that set david ike off about something or other so apparently yeah. david ike is not a bit no he's like actually quite crazy apparently. no I, I yeah I, yeah i i believe he's genuine oh yeah i thought beliefs. he was like a performance yeah. artist like alex jones no. Oh. Uh, no, no, I think he's I think he's kind of for real. Well, regardless, so they just did one on Cicada 3301 right. which he actually had followed Cicada like really really closely and then all of his research and he said this. He said uh I finally got to the cave at the end of it and there was a lizard in there. He actually <laughs> <laughs> he actually talked about the difference in cicada fans. He talked about like documentaries and stuff. He said there's ethical and unethical cicadans. Okay. And he said the unethical ones are the people who are interested in finding out who cicada is. Right. And the ethical ones are interested in protecting cicada's identity, but just following the puzzle. Should we give a background on what cicada is? They, they know what cicada is. Who's they? I mean, we have a lot of different people okay. listening cicada to this. Cicada is, is a very, very, very difficult, intricate online puzzle that well an arg basically it happens every year mm -hmm. i think yes or it did anyway it did until the last one where no one solved it so they just said no more oh. however there has been like things like there was a url but apparently like apparently what's happened most recently is like there was a huge dump of deep web web addresses like you know the type that are like just like you have to put in an ip or you have to put in like a string of numbers and dots and it sure. sends you there yeah and so people are just combing through those. It said, like, the answer will be in one of these, but it's a huge dump. Right. So, um, yeah, it's notoriously difficult. It mm. appears to be run by people, who, like a, an organization, like a big organization, yeah. an international one, too, mm -hmm. because they'll say, you know, something to the effect of at this time, like, at yeah. these coordinates in these cities around the world, you will find something or other and... Yeah, and supposedly, if you complete it, if you mm -hmm. get to the end of it, whatever that may be... You get recruited into the CIA or something. Well, yeah. something no happens to the point where people who seemingly did complete it mm -hmm. have not been heard from again. They're still looking at that lizard in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it so, is a little strange, though. Well, so his no theory... no one quite knows what it is. His, this guy who had, who had basically... All he said was this. He was a little coy about one thing in particular, which he said, like... I've got, he goes, I don't want to say how close I've gotten to finishing it, but oh. I've gotten very close. Oh, really? Which makes me think maybe he did finish it. Mm. Uh, but basically, like, he had a lot of theories on it, and, like, his expert opinion on it is that he thinks that it is actually just one person. Really? He, that's what he thinks. Well, he must have people working for him, though. No, because what he said is interesting. Although he said one of the things that lends credence to the FBI theory is that Cicada only... So Cicada is really... One of the cool things about Cicada is it's impossible to have imposters unless you're stupid because Cicada has a... Uh, 
what do they call this? Like a PGP or a heck one of those like one time, whatever. Like it has a certain cryptographic uh, signature right. that can't be replicated. Okay. Right. And he said most people who claim to have solved it or gotten communication from Cicada, like revealing that they're the FBI, whenever they post the screenshots, it doesn't have that signature. I see. Right. So he thinks that that a lot of that is bunk. Okay. But he said, one of the things that's interesting about Cicada is that Cicada doesn't post on weekends and only posts between like nine and five on weekdays. Oh, so someone who has a day job? He thinks that it's someone <laughs> at work <laughs> dicking around. And he said, he said also the really interesting thing about Cicada is that everything they've released is like technologically speaking in like all the encryption, uh, you know, the, what do they call that? The stenography or whatever, like the, yeah, the audio recordings that you can look at images in them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All of that stuff. He says, there's nothing that Cicada has done that can't be done on a laptop. Right. With the exception of one thing. He said, this is a big smoking gun that actually throws a wrench in his theory. He said, there's one image that Cicada has released mm. that he thinks was generated by AI Oh, uh, because no one has been able to replicate it. I see. And so what he said is, uh, he said, no one has been able to replicate the exact image like Pixel. For, I don't, it's a little beyond my pay grade in terms of the technology of it, but he said that's the only thing that has given him any sort of indication that maybe Cicada might be someone with at least some access to heightened technology. Everything else he said is very user grade. And the other cool thing about Cicada is like, it's not designed. It's actually anti-design. It's, it's designed to be a human puzzle. So mm. it's not amenable to brute forces. Right. It's not like encoded. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that way, he thinks that maybe it's not that good of a recruitment tool for like, a hacker or something like that. Cause he's mm. like, it's meant to only be like a collaborative human knowledge puzzle. Yeah. Where, okay. and you need a wide variety. It's a really interesting, it's like hour long or so monster talk monster talk. There you go. And this is how it sounds at the beginning of it. They put all these sound effects and then he goes monster talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds like a monster. Yeah, it does. <laughs> But there, but there no. were, um, unless I'm mistaken, I, I thought there were instances where puzzles in Cicada would involve like something appearing in Istanbul, for instance. Oh, yeah, so, like, it's international for sure. But if it's just one guy, one, like, how's that, he managing that? One wonders, right? I mean... Is he just flying on the weekends? I don't, like, put up I mean, a QR I don't know. Code yeah. in <laughs> it might be that he knows somebody. It might be anything. It, it might be. Maybe is, he's subcontracting. He's just it, hiring someone from TaskRabbit. It <laughs> may also be that the guy who thinks that it's one person is just wrong. Nobody yeah. knows. You know I, would I, mean? a, I would imagine it was a group of people, but who knows? Unless yeah. that dude is fucking, is Cicada. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but what he was saying also is he said, now there is one thing that like, he also said, like, Cicada's not as prolific as people seem to act like he is. Mm. Like, so it's like it doesn't necessarily necessitate more than one person. But the but the um, but the work hours the thing, he admits, take ages, surely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He admits the work hours. Th- oh, he also said, like, whoever this is, is clearly just a fan of cryptography. Mm. Like, they're a fan of puzzles because it's like, because I think the reason this guy knows about it is because he's, uh, I think he, he called himself doctor or something. I think he claimed to have some expertise in cryptography right. and he says that like 
him and a few other local like academics also in like various fields work mm. on the cicada puzzle together. Well, I was very surprised yeah. to find, um, you know, because we've uh, we've both done AR, quote unquote ARG type mm-hmm. things, which involve some puzzles, which involve some cryptography and stuff yeah. like that. And I always thought the the ones that I was doing in my own show were uh, too hard. They seemed easy to me, but that's because I designed them and I knew the solutions they were to too hard for your audience but they were they, they just weren't yeah. yeah they weren't getting done or people, people couldn't figure yeah. them out and i was like oh shit well maybe i'm you know i've miscalculated how difficult these actually will be yeah uh but then we when i was helping my wife out with one of her ones uh the one she did at the start of pan, uh, the pandemic last year mm-hmm. there was this one guy who would he, he started actually just private messaging uh the host with the answers yeah. because he didn't want to ruin it for everyone else oh, he fun. could figure them out like that yeah and some of them i uh, deliberately after i realized this guy was very good at them i deliberately started doing some fairly difficult ones and like that yeah he would just get them and i have no idea how because uh, cool. i deliberately made sure well when i tried to challenge him i deliberately made sure it wasn't something that you could even if you knew what kind of you can't put it, it was, into a, you couldn't yeah, just brute force solver, it. you couldn't put yeah. it in a solver it wouldn't work and it was it was honestly a very complicated one and it required you to like you know look stuff up uh, historically and stuff like that it was mm-hmm. complicated for me anyway yeah and no uh, within I don't know ten minutes of it going up, yeah. he'd figured it out. A lot of the cicada ones are like they'll. He, sorry, he yeah. de- he described himself as uh, he he didn't come to that experience because he was a fan of immersive theater. He came because he was a fan of ARGs and cryptography yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you go on like Reddit and you go to like r slash ARG. That's the majority of people. Mm. Like they're not very good at it. They're usually like teenagers. I found. Remember that the Discord. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, you got into that for a little while. I was a community <laughs> organizer for a day. Walked away, and uh, our buddy Sean here was getting in a fight with a fourteen-year-old on Discord. Oh, I forgot I joined. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hold on, that's that a good for? story. We got. I got a picture. I, I remember nothing that's about it. it. I remember nothing, nothing about it. it so you'll have to. Hold on. I'll be right to remind me. All right, we're back. All right, we're back. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember it was shortly after my own, like, uh, all my firsthand experience with ARGs collapsed. And I was like, well, this is just a dead fucking world for me. Like, <laughs> But I still was like, I still I feel like the, the, the format has potential. Right. So I was like, well, there's got to be ways. Because it was my understanding that most ARGs were purely online. They avoided the drama of, like scenes and people who actually knew each other IRL getting in fights and stuff because it was just people who don't know each other. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, well, there's got to be some out there. Let me look it up. So, of course, I go to Reddit, the world's <laughs> number one encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I went to Reddit and I went to r slash ARG. And if you go to r slash ARG, what you'll primarily find is simply people very thinly disguised posting their own ARGs, right? Oh, yeah, I saw a lot of that. So, hey, found this. Found this weird Twitter <laughs> account uh, that doesn't follow anyone, yeah. uh, but I found it, though. Yeah. And don't ask it how. It appeared. <laughs> but it seems a little weird. Might be an ARG? Question mark. And then you go on the Twitter and it says, this is an ARG. Well, yeah, well, you go, well, you go on the Twitter and it's like the Twitter handle is the same as the Reddit username. Right, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But anyway, I stumbled at the first hurdle. I, I was just like so bored that I just I, I remember it all happened while I was at a Starbucks and I was just like, oh, look, you know, 
here here's this i'm i'm gonna dive in both feet first like let's, <laughs> let's just go for it right right and it was twitter it was very easy to figure out right and it wasn't it wasn't even that there was anything to figure out it was just a bunch of tweets that the first letter of every tweet spelled out an acrostic message that was like it was a bunch of people being like I am happy. Happiness is good. Happy stuff. That's right. But then the yeah. first level, the first letter of every word would be like, help me or something, right. you know, stupid <laughs> shit like that. And so people in the Reddit were like, oh, this is fun. We should make a discord for solving this. Mm. Right. Uh, and so I was like, oh, neat. And I jumped in there and I don't even know how you caught wind of it. I must have showed you. you. Yeah, it was you. Yeah. I but then some, you. like there were also some choice other people that jumped in that I was like, oh, you're exactly who I didn't want to see. In here. <laughs> uh, but like uh, people jumped in there randomly in this discord and they were solving shit and it was very lame. Like it was lame from pretty much from start to finish, but I was sticking with it and I had suddenly created a discord for the first time. And it was exciting. I met this girl who claimed to be like an expert ARG solver, but she lived in Maine. And that's when I learned that there are immersive freaks everywhere in the country (laughs) (laughs) that are also like weirdly narcissistic. And anyway, so uh, this discord went going through and not much happened with it, except people hanging out in this discord, solving clues that anyone could solve by glancing at them. Right. And I think you joined under the name Buttsworth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I said it on my... I don't remember... I vaguely remember this happening, but I don't remember anything specific about it at all. So Max is going to have to remind so me So you joined under the name Buttsworth, and I yeah. don't think you said much of a word. No, but I remember someone kept accusing yeah. me of being a, yeah. a plant. So Discord people came in, and uh, they all started freaking out about this ARG, and something happened where... So there was a person in the Discord who, in my opinion, it was quite obvious that they were also the person who made the ARG. Right. Because <laughs> like I put on the Reddit, I was like, hey, I started a Discord if you guys want to talk about solving this. And my guess is whoever posted on the Reddit to begin with was the creator of the ARG. Right. Um, and it was around for, I'm not even exaggerating, maybe a day, two days. <laughs> Before it all just went to shit, where right. like the person who made it suddenly like was not interested in doing it anymore, mm-hmm. like they had stopped, and something happened where there was a puzzle that we had all figured out how to solve, and then the puzzle course corrected as if it saw us trying to solve it. Yeah. Well, this led to a great deal of controversy, <laughs> uh, where the people in my Discord were like, "The person who made this is in here," and they're like, "I think it's Buttsworth," <laughs> and they're like, "Buttsworth, if you want to prove to us that you're not the ARG, then you need to do this." And Buttsworth finally just responded, "No," and, and, that, and that was just, me. Apparently. That was you, right. and yeah, that drove I, this kid up the wall. Because I think I just, I think you were talking about it, and I was like, "All right, well, how do I get in?" And I just started an count, and then I left you just it alone. Yeah. I just I, I barely even looked at it. Yeah. I don't think I, I had one, and then I I think I started getting notifications on my phone from Discord all the yeah. time. I was like, "What's going on here?" And then yeah. realized that a lot of people were adding Buttsworth. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> I've got why why are you all angry at me?" And there, there was one guy, yeah, in particular who yeah. seemed very adamant. He was very I adamant, was... and then he DMs me and is like, "Hey, we're all going to a separate Discord." <laughs> 
away from Buttsworth because we think he's what's it called. And I remember I had to like, I was like, I had to be like, as the mod of this, I want you to leave Buttsworth alone. <laughs> but then it all became a lot clearer when I, I like, I'd left it alone for a few hours and I came back and they were all just chatting about like, Oh yeah, I mostly use Discord to play games. Like, oh, what games do you play? Like, oh yeah, what's your gamer tag and all this? And then they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm 15. It's summer. I'm 15. I'm just finding something to do not during school. They're like, wait, you're 15. I'm 14. That's so crazy. <laughs> like, everyone in this Discord was a child Some except ma- me. It's like 28. <laughs> <laughs> just started an accidental like, little ring of teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein joined this as a mod. Max suddenly point. started getting a lot of unwarranted pizza. <laughs> deliveries yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so they're all freaking out at Buttsworth and everything and then and then i remember the day i knew that it was all dead was when someone was like oh, lol i'm like so i'm trolling this the the twitter so hard now and i was like what do you mean like in game because you know sometimes people are like they try to be like i'm against you i think you're holding people captured oh yeah, yeah. i thought it was like in game harassing the owner like to see if he could get interaction out of it but all he <laughs> no, was he doing swatted him no all he was doing was setting up being like i know you're finding a way to i know your butt's worth i know you're finding a way to spy on us while we're puzzle solving just to and reiterate then, i said nothing i literally joined with the name Buttsworth. that's all i did and but then I, I don't I'll, know why they picked on I me. knew it was i knew it was officially over when he was posting the screenshots of him harassing whatever other presumably other teenager was running this thing <laughs> and the teenager simply respond like the person running the twitter running the arg simply responded with a picture of fat albert drinking out of a cup and fat albert was labeled your mom and the cup was labeled gay juice and i was like well this is just <laughs> unless this is in character <laughs> i don't know about this did you kind of reevaluate your life after that oh, yeah. a little bit I, like, I never okay, i need to stop. never went back yeah. <laughs> it's just me and the me and the lads me and the kids <laughs> hanging out r slash arg <laughs> is not the place <laughs> like if you find an arg it's just gonna be from luck or something right <laughs> those ones are not the the go-to <laughs> it's either that yeah. or ones that were just insane it's just so funny in there because it is like it's kind of a slow traffic board but everything gets some traction from the same few people right and it's literally like they just it's like wrote it's like by the numbers they'll just be like uh, okay, I uploaded it into Audacity, and I um, did a stenographic thing on it. And here's what I yeah, found. There's a picture in yeah. there. There and, you go. Uh, <laughs> I converted it to binary, and there's a yeah, there's a message there. So uh, it's like everything gets the wonder sol- of alternate universes. Yeah, everything. Every, <laughs> I, every, I assume the people putting these together spent like a month. Yeah. Like this will never be solved, and it's just everything out of the ARG playbook. All at once. I wonder if there was a bit of a boom in it last year because everyone was kind of shut up indoors, including all those teenage kids who weren't going to school anymore. So like, <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of gay juice. The to endless sit. summer, <laughs> pictures of gay juice. Uh, yeah, they were they were really they were angry. Those kids, man. Yeah, but I think I well that, and I think ARGs have kind of made their way into the mainstream because wasn't there a show recently? A show. Yeah, there was some kind of. I saw billboards for it by LAX all the time. It was like, yeah, whatever. 
doesn't matter. Well, they've used them for like movie promotion and it's, album it had like promotion. it had like Felicia Day in it or no, it was like a TV show ostensibly about an ARG, but it's real. Oh, uh, I did hear something about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> Although you know, I've been watching that sitcom. You're the worst. Oh, uh, do you like it? I don't. It's got its ups and downs. I'll say that yeah. much. It's it started. I really liked it at first. I mean, I don't like the writing in it so much. I don't like the dialogue. Sorry, Eva. No, no, no. She, everything, everything. <laughs> every she every does word Eva Anderson wrote. Yeah, is, she's good. Is yeah, she's good in it. It's just the rest of it. Uh, like, there's a lot that I like about it, but there's a lot that I don't like as well. It's too it's um, slow sometimes. I'll say. Oh, uh, that wouldn't even be my problem with it. It's just too. It's it's like it's overwritten as it's well. It's like someone has taken their entire sense of humor from like you know Instagram memes and yeah, it's a little referencey. It's, it's also very local, yeah, which is oh, kind of tedious yeah, yeah. sometimes. And I just don't like the British guy in it. He's got this voice which I'm worried Americans are gonna think is just a British voice. That's how people think you sound, bro. Yeah, but he's got like a posh boy voice. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a kind of banter lad voice. And it really Yeah, he sounds me. like uh he sounds like the main in betweener. Same type of accent. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah well, come on, Neil. Me. You think it's really like that. Yeah, it just enunciates every everything word is like just, that. Yeah. I, I like, think that everything is Perfectly over enunciated. It sounds <laughs> yeah. kind of like um, uh, you know Tony Curtis in Some Like It Hot when he's pretending to be the oil oil oh, millionaire wow. and he's doing like a Cary Grant accent. Yeah. He's like, "No, I don't think that's right." Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, that's a good show. If he'd sounded more like Alan Moore, I mean, I've been be, uh, that would be yeah, that would be a great show. <laughs> or if he looked like Alan Moore as well. Why well, don't we see that show where like uh, someone who looks like Aya Alan Cash, Moore, smoking the- hot Aya Cash versus <laughs> Alan Moore? <laughs> I love you, and I'd like to propose to you on this hill. Well, one of my favorite—I'm mean, not generally a fan of like you know YouTube uh, mashup or false trailer type things—but one of the ones I did like just because I thought I would really like to watch this movie mm-hmm. is when the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer came out ages ago, like you know whenever that was, seven years ago. Uh, someone did a version with Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's fun. So they just cut together footage from the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer and the music and everything, but just used footage of Steve Buscemi from other movies, <laughs> countless movies. Yeah. Yeah, and that, now that I thought was good. Um, I don't know why I go on to that. Oh yeah, because I would like to see a uh, you Alan know, Moore. And if we're talking, yeah, or... if we're talking about in- inclusivity in TV and stuff, why don't we see that? You know, something like Alan Moore, an improbable romance with. Uh, you know, was Emily Ratajkowski. <laughs> Alan Moore and Emily Ratajkowski. Wow, you really and he is exactly two ends of the spectrum. And, it, and, it, and it's not like not a, even just a kind of hot girl. No, and it's not even a normal. It's not like oh, haha, we're replacing a normal script with a guy who looks a bit weird. I'm talking like his personality is Alan Moore as well. Oh, of course, yeah. And he's just like you are bollocks. Well, they, I mean, <laughs> they, like, their person, like in this show, like in this show, their personality is not that distinct from Alan Moore. They're just both hot and rich. Like they live in Silver Lake. Like he lives in one of those houses in Silver Lake with lots of windows. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like an author. Yeah. It's a good show, though. I mean, I've been enjoying watching it. It's uh, before this, uh, Libby was having me watch The Boys, and uh, oh, I and didn't get that at all. This was a welcome reprieve from. Yeah, from the boys. I, I, a lot of people really like the boys. I read the I, whole comics though. 
I say I didn't Actually, even really know where that was coming kind from. Of, kind of in anticipation because I'd read the comics long, but I'd read the first couple of volumes of the comic years before this TV show was even a glint in a producer's eye. I mean, we're talking a long time ago, and I, I, I remember being like, "Wow, this is really bad." And I put it down, and then they made the TV show, and I was like, "Ew, why would they turn that bullshit into a TV show?" And then Libby was anything. Libby was no, they're not at all. Libby was like, "Oh, it's actually I love that show," and I was like, "All right, well, I'll watch it with you." And uh, and so then in that, I was I happened to have uh, Kindle Unlimited, and the Mm -hmm. whole series was free on there to read. So I just read the whole comic series in like a few days because it's like you know it takes a long takes years to make them but minutes to read them. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, this is still pretty bad, but I guess I could see it. like it. I was gripped, you know. I was into it. It's like easy to read. I wouldn't. I wasn't. It wasn't blowing my mind. It's Garth Ennis. You know him. I don't. One actually. of your Scottish friends. Okay. He's like <laughs> he's did like preacher and uh, oh yeah. Very, I thought the preacher very, show was good. I, I very edge lord, like very edgy, uh, like yeah. corny shit. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I mean he's not my guy, but um, anyway. And then I watched the show, and it had. You're exactly right. It's pretty much the character names are the same. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> like, they are so far off the map that I'm like, this is just a whole new story. But mostly, it's just fucking slow and tedious. This show. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't like the Watchmen show either. But I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing about it though: it's slow at the beginning of the season, and then I hate to admit it, the end of the season, I was like, oh shit, let's watch the boys. Like, let's. Oh, right. I'm, I'm in. And then the second season started, I'm like, this is boring again. So I'm yeah. sticking with it. I've become one of those people. Yeah, I used to no, mock no. people. I used to mock people who say, "Oh, it takes six episodes to get into it." <laughs> I'd be like, "What do you got? Six hours to waste?" Well, yeah. Now I do. No, I, I, Spartacus is. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. Well, that's example. one of my big. Yeah, yeah. And really, it does take about uh, not six, maybe three or four. You'll start getting mm-hmm. into it, but uh, yeah. No, the boys. I think we got two episodes in, and I was just not happy with it. You're um, the worst. Is good. I mean, you're the worst. Is very watchable. And you know what? You know what? No, Libby see, and I, I didn't. I found it irritating. You, you know what? Libby and I just did. That's really amped it up a little bit. <laughs> really spiced up the love life. Oh dear. We put a TV at the foot of the bed. I had a TV in my closet that was just going unused, like a small TV. Right. And I just took the Google Chrome because I have a Google Chrome and a Roku. So I just took the Google Chrome from downstairs. Now we got fucking TV in bed, bitch. Do you know what it's like to sit in bed and watch TV at the same time? Yes, that's the only place we watch TV. <gasps> oh, that, that must be awesome. Yeah. yeah Do no, you have one of those great. pillows with arms? Because I'm looking into getting one of those. Rachel does. She, yeah. That's got to be awesome. Yeah. No, I don't oh. need that. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than getting a little bit tired on the couch and turning to Libby and going, hey, you want to watch some in bed now? That, yeah, that's been my life for the past two years. <laughs> How is it? How's the staying power? That was great. Like, yeah, that, that's nice, the best, right? <laughs> that's the best part of my day. Yeah. I love being in bed watching TV. That and playing chess, yeah. The best, dude, the best, though, is I can't wait till I'm hungover. Like, I, I haven't been hungover or anything, or like, I haven't had any reason to not want to wake up in the morning since I put the TV in my bed. I think right. it's invigorated me a little bit. But I <laughs> can't. I've got to get out of bed just so I can get back to the TV. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till the next time I, I get way too drunk and I get hung and I'm hungover in the morning. And I'm like, well, time to spend a day recovering. And I sit up in bed and I just click that TV on. 
and the whole world's library is at my fingertips, just Chromecasting from my phone. That'd be nice. I got a daughter. I can't be hungover anymore. Nah. Like, not allowed. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right folks. So it's been a, it's been an eventful, poor quality podcast. Uh, let's see. What can we end on? I'll say this. Um, find me on Twitch.tv. You can. Uh, I've been. I haven't been streaming. But you can oh. <laughs> follow. You can follow my girlfriend, uh, Cosmic Meow. Meow spelled M I A U. She's been streaming on Sunday. We just started this. Brandon Sleezak, who you know from the friend of the pod, friend of the pod, is hosting a tabletop RPG, which he claims is real, but I'm starting to suspect is entirely of his own making. Yeah. Uh, he's hosting a tabletop RPG on stream. With uh, me and Libby as the players, and also uh, Jess, who you know. Oh yeah, and Patty, Patrick. Oh yes. So you got you can see all of them. Uh, one of our listeners was in the audience unexpectedly. Never watched one of the streams before, but one of our listeners, Nate Markham, big shouts. Oh hey, was in. I clicked over while we were all role playing, and I clicked over and I looked, and I was like, oh, he's in the chat. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. I haven't heard from him in a while. Him. Yeah. You, you know what? Reach we out. all. Th- well, I'll put this on the pod. We all thought he was dead. Uh, <laughs> did we oh my god because he vanished for months on social media all social media oh okay this is i emulate nate no maybe and he emulates me he no, listens no 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 he we need, no no and... we need to emulate him because he vanished forever and i was like holy fuck like i don't know how bad ohio is but like did someone kill him like did he was he walking down the wrong street in akron and he just got bopped in the head <laughs> And you know what? He finally comes. And I'm like messaging him like on holidays. I'm like, hey, dude, hope you're doing well. Like, I'm really thinking he might be dead. I like checked his Facebook. I was like, is his mom updating it? Like, I really miss right. Nate. Nothing. It's It all seems normal. <laughs> I haven't seen him anywhere. Not in the Slack, not Instagram, not in the Discord, anywhere, right? Well, just so you know, Nate, there are a couple of guys in Los Angeles on the other side of the country who are rooting for you and uh, hoping that oh, you're no, all right. Don't worry. He came, he came back. He, he's back in force. Yeah, okay. maybe a month or two ago. Okay. And he messaged me. And he goes, hey, man, how's it going? Sorry, my phone broke. <laughs> See? <laughs> that's a guy. Yeah, that's man. who we should emulate. Yeah, no, that's absolutely My it. phone broke, and he apparently just That's went, something that doesn't happen in the big cities. If you drop, your, couple months you drop phone. your phone in the toilet, <laughs> you get a new one the same day. Yeah, he was like, my <laughs> phone broke. I couldn't afford a new one yet. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, in Los Angeles, I feel like there's an emergency relief fund. Yeah. I feel like there's your like phone itself funding. triggers a reorder when you drop it in the toilet. Oh, my God. I, it, it made me laugh so and hard. By the way, Nate, was, sorry, I'm assuming you dropped your phone in the toilet? I'm I, right. I've broken at least yeah. one phone. And I do mean at least one okay. phone dropping it in the toilet. Yeah. No, I, 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 I've pissed on my own phone. Okay. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no shame. I'm, I'm just saying that that's probably what happened, right? I'm glad to hear you're doing all right. Oh, God, I was worried sick. And then he comes back and he's like, hey, man, <laughs> like nothing happened. Because I'm totally fine. I just. Yeah. What are you talking about? I just didn't get on the well, internet for a while. a bitch. <laughs> Drop my phone. I dropped my phone. And I went and lives life. What have you been doing? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. Marilyn Manson got canceled. <laughs> I've been looking at Otep's tweets about. Yeah, I'm catching up with Otep. <laughs> All right, we're going to play a game of chess. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds nice. Yeah, we got time. A little bit. All right. All right. We're going to go play some chess like the Queen's Gambit. Have you seen that? 
No. Nah, me neither. It looks it bad. Yeah, it <laughs> I don't look like hot girls thing. playing autistic girls. That seems like <laughs> okay. unfair. All right. Okay. <laughs> See, See you later. <laughs>